the Atlanta Hawks are back in the playoffs. The message was believe. I think this team is built for moments like this. What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm your host, Sarah Spencer, Hawks beat reporter for the AJC. And in this episode, we're going to break down the Hawks win versus the Cavs in the play-in tournament. This is the second of two straight must-win play-in tournament games because the Hawks finished the regular season ninth in the East. But they are now officially the number eight seed in the Eastern Conference. So they'll face Miami, the number one seed, in the official playoffs. There's no more play-in. I'm really excited because I'm going to be joined by Kelsey Russo of The Athletic, who covers the Cavs. Um, So, yeah, the Hawks are officially the eight seed. Very quick turnaround facing Miami. We'll bring you some sound from the team, from what Nate McMillan and some of the guys said. And then at the end of the episode, we're kind of going to put we're going to kind of put this in perspective, given where the Hawks, where and how the Hawks started the season. The Hawks report is brought to you by Emory Healthcare, the official team healthcare provider of the Atlanta Hawks. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. A quick reminder that if you're listening to us for the first time, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Okay, so before I bring in Kelsey, let's just run through run through and talk about the the specifics of the game real quick. Um, like I said before, this was a must-win game. Hey, uh, you know, a friend texted me and said just a few seconds ago and said literally a few seconds ago, I just got this message and said the Hawks are undefeated in the play-in tournament while the Hawks report is going. Well, like as a Hawks report podcast, by the way, just so y'all know, the Hawks are undefeated in the play-in tournament. So there is that. They did not stay undefeated after that 7-0 run when we first started this thing. But hey, they're doing well in the play-in play tournament while we've been doing this thing. Um, so this was um, this was a game going into this game where I thought the Hawks had some advantages, especially offensively, just given how dynamic Trey Young is. But I really could not have predicted him saving up for the second half the way he did. 32 points in the second half for Trey Young. Um, this game actually started pretty dicey for the Hawks, who, like we talked about last podcast with Michael Cunningham, the Hawks have really struggled on the road this season, 16 and 25. So that was one thing that I didn't necessarily know how that would go. Um, and Kelsey will talk more about this, but the environment here, I mean, it really was crazy. Like, I, I got to give Cleveland fans 
a ton of credit. They were very, very loud. It was certainly a hostile environment. Um, like every single time Jared Allen was available for this game, fractured his finger, hadn't played since early March. And he walked out. Apparently, um, he had like gotten stuck in traffic and was like a little late, like for his warm up. And so he walks out and the, you know, the, the stands are already like kind of filling in. And there's this like roar of applause for Jared Allen. Um, and then every single time Jared Allen for the first, like definitely the first half, maybe even more than that. Every single time Jared Allen's like face was on the jumbotron. Everyone just completely lost their minds because they're so desperate to see him play. Cause he's a big reason why the Cavs have, have turned it around this season getting off to the good start they did. And then obviously injuries kind of got in the way for that Cavs team, which we'll talk more about later. But as far as the specifics tonight, 107 to 101 win against the Cavs for the Hawks, another must win game for them. Um, another a do or die moment that they really kind of rose to the occasion for 38 points for Trey Young. Again, most of that was in the second half, nine assists, um, ends the game as a, as a plus four, even after a, a rough first half. The Cavs made 10 threes in the first half, and it just kind of – a lot of those were wide open. It just kind of looked like the Hawks' defense was really struggling. Um, down 10 at the break, a lot of early turnovers for Atlanta. Just not much going right at all, really. Just a, just a little rattled in that first half. And then the second half – oh, I should say, um, Hawks wing, Bogdan Bogdanovich, bogey, um, really kept the Hawks in this game early, 10 points in the second quarter when not much else was going right at all. He finishes with 19 points, five rebounds, two assists, three steals. Um, so another good bogey game. And I just – I really think the importance of him – on the bench and giving that second unit a boost and, and the team overall, he's just really thrived in that role. And I, I don't think that can be overstated. Nate McMillan after the game um, gave bogey some, some major props for how he sort of kept them, kept them in this one. And he was sort of the guy giving a lot of, you know, rallying cries, really challenging teammates, that kind of thing. Um, so definitely an awesome an awesome bogey game when the Hawks needed it most. Um, actually, here's Nate McMillan on just how the Hawks turned it around in the second half. We talked about in the locker room, believe. You know, we lost Clint. Uh, we knew that uh, he would be down or out for the rest of the game. And, uh, you know, the message was believe. You know, believe. I think this team is built for moments like this. Uh, you know, they showed last year what they could do in situations like this. And uh, once again, uh, we do the same thing uh, with, a, with a guy down, guy stepping up uh, in that second half. I thought DeLon did a real solid job uh, out there defensively for us. Uh, Big O had to step into that starting role. And, you know, the group just came together and uh, we established that defense that we talked about. Uh, that was needed at the beginning of the game, uh, but we got it the second half, uh, giving up only 40 points in that second half in the fourth quarter, only 17. And, uh, you know, that's where it needs to start for us. So perfect transition provided by Nate McMillan there. Um, the Hawks lost Clint Capella in the final minute of the first half. So then, you know, if the Hawks were, if the Hawks were looking rough in that first half then in addition you lose Clint Capella um, so there were some good moments there in that second quarter 
again, where Bogey and, you know, a few shots by uh, a few shots by Kevin Herter, who finished with 13 points. But they, they were trying to stay in it, but then you lose Clint, and it just kind of felt uh, felt really deflated from the Hawks' perspective in that second quarter. Um, again, down 10 at the half. And then in the third quarter, Trey Young scored eight points in one minute, and you could just tell that he was getting in the zone. You could just tell he was not going to have an entire game of struggling like he struggled in that first half. Um, it was just like he had made up his mind. Nope, not not going to happen. This is not how we're going to go out. And he just dominated. Once he, it was almost like once that, it, like, and he he said this after the game. It's not it's not a switch flipped or anything like that. It was just the stuff he was doing in the first half. He he just buckled down and and just you know shots started falling and and some of the stuff he was doing, it started paying off in that second half. Um, so anyway, Trey Young, ton of props to him for the way he got the Hawks back in this one. But honestly, I think equally what got the Hawks back in this game is probably the defensive end. As Nate McMillan mentioned there, 40 points holding the holding the Cavs to 40 points total in the second half after sort of letting them run around willy-nilly in the first half. Um, So definitely a lot of buckling down on defense, and DeLon Wright was a huge part of that. Like, I think DeLon Wright honestly kind of changed this game um, for the Hawks. So you had DeLon Wright on that end. You had Bogey being a vocal leader. You had Trey Young going off. And all that (laughs) ended up being um, the recipe for success for the Hawks, even though the Hawks are now missing – Clint Capella in addition to John Collins. I mean, we'll see, we'll see how, you know, John's feeling still healing up from that finger and that foot. Um, but you know, obviously some questions for the Hawks with both of those guys injured. But anyway, after that rocky first half, this was just another really solid chapter for Trey Young in terms of postseason, you know, not playoff, but hey, the play-in is still the postseason because the regular season's done. So what else are you going to call it? <laughs> uh, another good postseason game for Trey Young. Uh, I mean, we, we just took care of business. Uh, we took care of the things we needed to. Um, the East is, is probably better than the West this year, deeper as far as teams in the, the East. And uh, it was a, it's a battle. I mean, I mean, the team we beat tonight definitely deserved, I mean, a playoff spot. But this year is, is so tough. Um, I mean, they weren't able to make it. So it's just a, I mean, a testament to our team that we kept fighting and we, we battled and finished the job. So this is some of the context that I was talking about bringing up at some point, which is that the Hawks, I don't know that they looked like they would be playoff bound at a lot of points in this season. I just think, you know, you got to be honest about the harsh reality of, of some things that were going on. And when this team started out 17 and 25, um, it didn't necessarily, things were not looking up (laughs) to state the obvious. Um, Then you move into mid December, you know, mid January and the Hawks uh, get hit pretty hard by COVID, you know, other teams struggled with that as well, but it's, that's the fact of the matter that it certainly affected them. Um, And really, Post All-Star break, though, the Hawks did start heating up a little bit. Still some clunkers here and there, but a very strong finish to the regular season. So I had actually asked Trey Young before that quote he just gave, I had actually asked him, 
You know, what are the emotions like knowing where you guys started now to get to this point? And it's just kind of a matter of fact answer um, there from Trey as far as taking care of business and, and getting back into the playoffs. Bogey actually at one point during his post-game presser sort of said, you know, obviously it would be a bad way to end, to end the season to not get back into the playoffs, you know. And, and I do think – I think that definitely would have been a little disheartening um, had they regressed in that way. But, I mean, hey – we're not going to have to worry about that because they did not. <laughs> they are back. They are back in the playoffs. And in terms of Trey taking over this game and, you know, doing Trey Young things, here's Coach McMillan and Bogey reacting to what they saw. I think he lives for these moments. You know, as I said, you know, built for this moment. Uh, I think he is built for this moment. Uh, you know, I said it to him last year. Uh, going into the playoffs, you know, his game, his confidence, his belief in himself, uh, you know, playing in big moments like this, he doesn't shy away from that. Uh, he looked forward to uh, uh, playing in games like this and, and being on this stage. And uh, he's going to show, you know, he, he's not afraid of failure. And, uh, you know, uh, he's shown that uh, in these big games, you know, really starting from the playoffs last year and going into the playoffs uh, this year. You know, these moments, uh, I think this is what this kid was, uh, was, was, was made for. He's that type of player. He always, uh, he always, you know, makes everyone not believing in him, you know, and then I feel like he finds that as a motivation and when it's the time to turn up and play serious and, you know, lead, lead his team, he does it all the time. And amazing. That's amazing to, to watch that and be a part of it. And, yeah, in terms of Trey being built for that big stage, those bright lights, those just huge games that Nate kind of mentioned, you know, he, he lives for. Um, I definitely think he showed that uh, last year on that run and then, and then so far in these two play-in games. This is the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com. It's what makes all of this possible. And if you aren't a subscriber, you can go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. And your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. So, okay, let's move on to talking about Miami. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, we, I mean, it's getting another opportunity. I mean, they've been clicking on all cylinders, especially here recently. So they've got a little bit more rest than we have. So we got to be ready to, to bring it. Uh, we know that the crowd is going to be crazy. And 
the environment's going to be fun. So we just got to be ready to, to be uh, locked in and take care of business. We played them like a couple of games ago. We know uh, how we lost that game and um, it was a tough game, um, really big game for us. They, they were missing some guys, but they're going to be ready, fresh to go. But uh, we are looking for, for, for a good game, for a good series, and um, we are ready to play. So the Hawks did actually just play in Miami um, April 8th. So that is that was their second to last game in the regular season. To end the regular season, they lost 113 to 109. I'm sure y'all remember because that was very, very recent. Um, Miami just kind of edged them down the stretch. Um, so anyway, kind of a rematch, a rematch there. Um, I, I mean, really a big question mark from the Hawks' perspective going into this game is just health. Clint Capella is going to get an MRI on that knee, which if y'all were watching in that second quarter, is just such a dicey moment. Um, Clint, Clint fouled Evan Mobley, um, and then Evan Mobley ended up just kind of falling on his knee, and he just Clint just immediately crumpled to the ground. It was really hard to watch, and then he was very, very gingerly um, helped back to the locker room. So he'll get an MRI in Miami on that knee. So stay tuned and I'll keep you posted if I hear anything on that front. And then obviously John as well. So John Collins. So both of those guys, um, question marks right now. So I think that's kind of a a big thing from the Hawks perspective. Miami, obviously the number one seed in the East. So the Hawks are they had to fight to get the eight, and now they're up against the up against the one. Um, and I do think one thing to point out is that this is a very tough scheduling draw for the Hawks because you know when you put yourself in the position of finishing the regular season ninth, and so they had to win you know two back-to-back games, which they did, they did, and that's that's a good accomplishment. Um, and they're back in the postseason, but. It does mean that Miami is going to get uh, – Miami has a huge rest advantage in this game, um, huge. So the Hawks are actually going to play in Miami Sunday, but that game Sunday is 1 p.m., so it's a day game kind of oddly. So anyway, very quick turnaround for the Hawks, and, and that's something to look out for. Um, but definitely a, a quality win here in Cleveland facing some adversity um, but still getting it done. So to talk more about the Hawks win and kind of get a Cavs perspective on things too, because Kelsey obviously covers the Cavs day in and day out um, for the Athletics. So to get to get the Cleveland perspective on things and just to just to get her overall thoughts, let's bring in Kelsey. Of course, thanks for having me on, Sarah. I just want to start out by getting your just overall reaction to this game. And obviously, you know, covering the Cavs, I'm sure you're able to kind of give their more more so their perspective and your your thoughts on them having seen them throughout the season. Yeah, I was really honestly impressed by their first half. Um, they came out with that level of intensity that like was very necessary for this game um, and for them to have a shot at you know, beating the Hawks. Um, I thought it was interesting how they were attacking Trey early and what that was a kind of a really big key. But, you know, there was a really big flip in the second half for them where they were just got really slow offensively, defensive breakdowns, kind of a kind of a combination of the two of them. And like sort of a season of like a story of their season is their fourth quarter struggles. And like we saw that again tonight of not necessarily being able to close 
in those moments um, and not being able to just kind of not necessarily handle it, but be able to kind of work through when they're down, et cetera, and make the comeback necessary. So it kind of was like, okay, I've seen this story before um, that, and there's been moments where they have overcome that. So there was that possibility, but, you know, kind of tonight it sort of seemed like it was too much for them in the end and they weren't able to do so. So it kind of followed an arc that I've seen before. I mean, it is kind of crazy to think about what this Cavs team could do in the future, particularly if you can find a way to stay healthy. Um, because, I mean, they so, like, overperformed or kind of exceeded expectations this year. And, I mean, I know they slid a lot, you know, post-All-Star break or really the second half. But, I mean, it was still – I mean, they still made, you know, quote-unquote the postseason, not the playoffs. But, I mean, still that's way more than people expected them to do. Even Trey Young after the game tonight said – the Cavs deserve a playoff spot. It's just one of those years where the East is really tough and really stacked. And then also, like, you know, the play-in tournament has kind of added a new dynamic. I mean, it's still relatively new. Um, But I wanted to get your thoughts on just Trey Young. Like, how did you think the Cavs would do against him? And then obviously, I mean, obviously, like, the the first half was slow. But then, you know, 32 points in the – and the second half is going to get it done. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I was, I was kind of waiting for that moment that he was like going to go off. You know what I mean? Like I, I mm-hmm. and I think like they had watched the Hawks Hornets game um, from Wednesday and kind of watched how um, Charlotte, you know, doubled him early and kind of how he worked around that eventually. Um, and so like, you know, obviously Trey was a big piece of their game plan going into it but not allowing um, like him just to be the main focus. And mm-hmm. so I thought early on they did like a really good job of just like going at Trey and just kind of making it difficult. But like Trey is Trey and he's going to figure it out, you know, and, and we saw that late in the game. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that was like, I, I think that was everybody's, uh, like as soon as he had, um, I mean, at one point it was, it was eight points in one minute. And I turned to uh, um, your your colleague Chris Kirshner. Um, yes. I turned I turned to him and I was like, "Oh boy, he's taken over." And then and then it just like went it went from there. It just didn't stop. It just it just it just kind of kept ballooning and kept going mm-hmm. and kept going. Yeah, and like I think too. Like I think part of it as well. Like him being able to do that. The Cavs also like they like defensively just weren't as physical. I felt like kind of down the stretch a little bit like um there was some lapses and like where just like Trey got to the you know got to the rim super easily like he just drove down the lane and got the layup and I was like okay well a little bit of a defensive breakdown there so I think it was like a combination of just him you know like reading the moment and then some defensive breakdowns from the Cavs as well so him being him I was like not surprised at the end <laughs> right what, what were your thoughts on Jared Allen tonight? Because um, I think like, that was like a huge question from the Hawks, you know, standpoint. And that was the biggest question I was getting is like, okay, what are we going to – what's going to happen with Jared Allen? Like, is he going to play? Is he going to not? It seems like it kind of went down to the wire. Um, but what did you see from him? It seemed like a few times he was kind of shaking out his hand. Like his hand wasn't full systems go, you know? Yeah, so he said – so he talked post-game and kind of that thing of, like, he wanted to give it a go, you know, even if he wasn't 100%, and he didn't think he necessarily was, like, 100%. He was close. 
but like I think he gave them exactly what they needed. Um, and we saw that in the first half and even really like kind of just in moments throughout the game of the way that he just protects the rim and like, you know, he blocks shots, he grabs those rebounds. They can play that big three lineup that has just worked so well for them throughout the season. Like you could just feel it in that first half of like, this is the Cavs team that we saw in November. We saw the way that the, like that Darius just throws lobs, you know, Karis was able to find Evan for a lob, you know, and just kind of like they can they can protect and dominate the paint on both ends of the floor and I just think like he was able to do so. A little bit of hesitancy I think I also kind of noticed like you said shaking it out um, kind of make like when he there was one dunk um, that he like had both hands and then pulled the left hand down and just dunked with his right hand so I think a little bit of hesitancy Mm -hmm. of just trying to like protect it but I don't think it'll like he wanted to play and wanted to do what he could to help the Cavs. And so I think that was kind of, that was his mindset of just like, let me do what I can. And that was truly, you know, I guess like not enough, but it was, it was what they needed. Um, especially in that first half, I just think it helped so much. So I like, that was the Jared Allen I've seen before, just like not, you know, obviously with a little bit of hesitancy I think just because of coming back that first game from an injury is and he's missed 19 games so that's a lot of time to miss and for him to come in in like a big stakes game it's kind of like all right how do I feel how do I um just like how do I how do I move and be careful but also give what I can so I was Mm. I was like impressed by what he was able to give what did you think of just the like I mean, the environment tonight was just, we're recording this right after the game. And I'm recording from my hotel room. Kelsey is uh, at her at her house. She lives here. Um, but um, what did you think of just, like, the environment tonight? Like, it seemed like, and I know, I know the Cavs lost and, like, the Hawks, I mean, played an excellent second half. Um, it seemed like there was so much emotion riding on this one. I think trying to get, you know, that first, like, playoff win without LeBron – Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, first one in a while. And then, like you mentioned, I think there was, there were not like high expectations because that wasn't the case, but it's almost like it felt like the Cavs kind of got on a roll, you know, early this season and surprised so many people and you want to keep that going. And they, you know, you just injuries got in the way and you just weren't able to, you ran into the Hawks who, you know, are coming off like a crazy run last year and just Trey Young doing Trey Young things. Um, but just the environment and just the emotion, I'm just so curious to get like the Cleveland perspective on that. Yeah. Um, I felt that like from the get go, like, you know, when they're announcing the lineup and everyone is just like absolutely losing it. And with the you know, towels, hearing, like, the t- yeah. like I, I, cause I lived in Pittsburgh for a few years. I was like thinking, you know, I was thinking of the terrible towel, you terrible know, towel, and yep. they're like <laughs> swirling it all around. Honestly, like when you look at an entire arena full of that, I mean, I just love, I love covering games just like this time of year. It's just so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone was just like whipping those towels around. And I was like, this is, I mean, it is, it is kind of like, this is definitely home court advantage. Like that was a tough environment that the Hawks had to go get a win in. Yeah. And then that's like something that, you know, the guys and, and JB had talked about of like, these fans have backed this team so much this year through the injuries, through the ups and downs. Like they, like the last couple years have been hard and fans noticed that mm-hmm. obviously. So to make this sort of like quote unquote Cinderella run this year of like beating all these expectations, just kind of like 
you know, kind of just like winning games the way that they were to be in this spot. Like I think fans were just so excited and they brought that energy. And like, I just thought it was so interesting with, with the Guardians home opener literally across the plaza to like that, like that ballpark to be also sold out, like to this arena to be completely sold out, like fans backing this team, like just showed a lot to me of like, they see what the Cavs have done this year, regardless of, you know, not making it, like being able to go on to the playoffs, but the jump that they made, they reinstilled a belief in this team. And I think we saw that tonight, just like, it really helped with the, the intensity of the atmosphere of just like how loud people were. And yeah, like you said, the towels, like, and, and I was, it was cool. I like grabbed a video of it just it looked sweet as they're all like spinning around and like the whole it arena. It looks cool. Yeah. Yes. Visually, <laughs> visually, I was like, this is, this is some dynamic visuals y'all are providing here. Like, um, what was, what is your, I, I, I love getting to talk to like other beat writers because like when you cover one team, like that's your thing and you're so you're covering this one team so closely but of course you know there's like there's the whole league and what what is your perspective on the Hawks and this season because I'm sure you were familiar with the crazy run they went on last year starting the season out 17 and 25 I mean they started the season poorly like there's not really another way to put it you know they had a had a big hiccup midway through the season with everything with COVID but a lot of teams went through that and then, you know, obviously a strong finish and then what they did tonight. Yeah, and that's what I was kind of, like, honestly, I, I paid a lot more attention, like, at the beginning of the season because they had gone on that, you know, the run to, like, through the Eastern Conference Finals last year and, and sort of, you know, I sort of related it early on to, like, like the, uh, what the Cavs could do, like, if they could do what the Hawks did last year, like, that would be great, you know, and you kind of mm-hmm. you make this crazy jump and, like... So when they had this poor start, I was like, oh, like, that's kind of really surprising because they went on this, like, Cinderella run last year, you know, and, and, and nobody expected that. And now, like, what are the expectations for this team, you know, at the beginning of the season? And they're not meeting those expectations. Um, but it has been interesting to kind of watch them work through that, watch them work through the COVID issues, um, and it was honestly interesting. I was like, as I was prepping for this game, I was doing a lot of research and seeing that like the Hawks are not a great team on the road was really interesting to me. And I wondered the how that was going to. The record was very bad. Yeah. Yeah. 16 and, and 25 like, on the road. Yeah. Yeah. And I was curious like how that was going to affect like this game, you know, of like, okay, well, you're going into like hostile environment basically you know you're going on the road um, against a team that like truly really does want this that has this home court advantage like how will they be able to um, handle it and like not having John Collins like how does that affect things but like again you have Trey Young you have Clint Capella um, like you have guys you have shooters that you can't ignore so like how does that change the game plan um so it has been really interesting to watch them this kind of like the last, I kind of honed back in, especially the last kind of like 10, 15 games of the regular season as things were sort of coming down to the wire as like who was going to end up in the play-in, who was going to end up in the playoffs, et cetera. Um, so it was interesting to kind of see. And again, I'm not totally surprised because of like, one, how Nate McMillan has coached the team, but is like you have guys that truly know how to um, – 
end a season and go on this kind of they've had this experience before of like how these games at the end of the season matter they have postseason experience um, and so they know how to work through it and get to where they want to go essentially so it has been like Mm -hmm. it's been interesting to watch and like read everything and kind of like I mean I've read everything you've read I've read what Chris writes you know and kind of like see that perspective as well of like as an outside person that's you know, so zoned in on the Cavs. I'm like, okay, right. let me let me catch up on the Hawks. <laughs> right. No, and that's actually like a really good point though that you made that like, because the Hawks really did struggle on the road. Um, they underperformed for a lot of the season, again, based off super high expectations. Mm-hmm. But when push came to shove, they won two must-win games in this play-in tournament, one of them on the road in what I would definitely describe as a hostile environment. Like that was an awesome, awesome environment from the Cavs perspective. But then, you know, when, when push came to shove that experience of winning on the big stage, I think kind of paid off for the Hawks, but um, Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm not going to keep you longer. Cause I know you have to actually write and do your, <laughs> you know, first, your first job. Now that you finally got home, but thank you so much for giving us the Cleveland perspective. Cause that was so awesome. Of course. Thank you for having me. I love this. This is so fun. Always great to talk with Kelsey, who covers the Cavs for The Athletic. She does an awesome, awesome job. So definitely check out her work if you haven't already. Um, And stay tuned. We'll bring you more episodes from down in Miami. I'm going to fly straight from Cleveland to Miami. So I packed my shorts, packed some tank tops. Um, It's a little bit chilly in Cleveland. Uh, I think we're going to get some sun, also probably some torrential downpour while we're down in Miami, but I'm going straight there. Um, And honestly, I'm excited. I like this time of year. I I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be really fun to to cover this series. Um, So yeah, stay tuned. Please don't forget to rate, review, follow, share, subscribe. And we will see you all later this week on the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.